Hey, Phil. Yeah. You ready to talk about the good life? Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode two, season two. That's right. It's interesting. Two twos. Two two. Two two. Two two. You know what would have been fitting is if we wore two twos for this episode. They want them. We are wearing two twos. (laughs) They don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we're wearing two twos. Got you guys. (laughs) Uh, I listened to an interview with um, uh, Evander Holyfield recently, who you know is like won more heavyweight titles than any other boxer in history. Uh huh. Sure. And, uh, I didn't know that. But. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's pretty. He's a, he's a big deal. He's yeah. a big deal in the boxing world, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I grew up watching him fight because my dad liked boxing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of his trainings for boxing was he took ballet lessons. Ooh. But he wouldn't let anybody know he was taking ballet lessons because he was like, one, I didn't want him to know I was doing ballet. Yeah. Two. I didn't want him to know I was doing ballet, and then they would start doing ballet, and they'd have the agility, but he credited that with his agility. I was like, oh, that's interesting. He never would have, because, you know, he's like, he doesn't look like he should be flexible because Mm -hmm. he's a very large, lots of muscles kind of person. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like well-rounded training is good for any. Any sport. Any athlete like that, yeah. yeah. Especially a fighter. If I learn anything from movies, <laughs> the bigger they are, the harder, the harder they fall. Yeah. So you just got to move quicker. It's probably true. It's probably I true. I don't know. I really don't, I don't watch any fighting, honestly. <laughs> I, you know what? I really don't anymore. I don't. Uh, I just don't enjoy it. It's, it's kind of. I don't think you know. There's some people that are like, oh, I have a moral problem with putting people in a cage and watching them fight. I'm just like, I get bored. Yeah. It's just not entertaining to me. Entertainment. Is a topic for today. Yeah. yeah. Just by the way. By the way, we'll get. Yeah, to we'll that. get there. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> so. Just letting you know. Uh, what's been going on in your world, Clayton? What's going on in my world, Phil? Um, so it's been like three weeks since last time, right? Yeah. Something two, like that. Two or three weeks. Whatever. Something. Um, well, Phil, I'm currently. Um, I, I I think the best way to put it would be getting through. Getting through. My last okay. semester of university. Okay. Um. I don't think I'm thriving right now, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but it, it, it's happening. I feel like I'm I'm getting to a place where I could, mm-hmm. so it's, it's feeling better. That's good. These, these classes, man, they're they're brutal. Mm. I got, I've got this one, man, you know, and I might have talked about this last week, which would be kind of embarrassing, but it's a it's a feature writing class. Yeah, and it's like journalistic kind of, and I. Just so bad at it. <laughs> like, well, are, it's, it's not something that comes supernaturally to me. Because, like, are you bad at it because it's not a skill you possess currently? Or are you bad at it because you're like, oh, I'm just ready to graduate? I mean, it's 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 definitely both. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just kind of like the the whole apathy and like senior or what was it called? Senioritis. Senioritis. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely present. Um, and it just compounds on the issue that, like, you know, I write a story, and then she reads it, and it's just like, she's like, ah, it's just not good enough. And I'm just like, well, that was my effort. <laughs> I don't know how to make I, it better. That's about where I max out right there. I put mm-hmm. the words in the pen. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of one of those. But... Um, I mean, what are they looking for in feature writing? Like, are they feature is, writing? Is it it's like magazine articles and yeah, stuff like that. It's it's kind of like, and you know, I don't even know. 
Um, because it's it's like it's news. <laughs> I'm halfway through a semester. And yeah, I don't even well, know. see, that's the thing. Like, I feel like if I said something, <laughs> yeah. and my professor was here, yeah, and she said, "Well, it's not really that." Yeah, <laughs> so I don't want to say it. Like I that. got you. Um, yeah. kind of. Okay. What's so your I, interpretation of feature writing, okay. Clayton? So, basically, it's news in more of a narrative format about okay. specific things. I got you. So, like, you, you might read. Um, a feature on, on like a it, it could be like an arts review. That's something we've done. Okay. So going over movies or like it could be a feature on an athlete. Like we read something about Simone Biles okay. a little while ago, and so it can be going like the story of the life, um, like human interest kind of stuff. Um, and it so it's supposed to take more of a storytelling approach, which in my head, I think I would be better at than just straight news writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but something about it, like I can't, I can't break free. Like, or, I mean, really, I've only done like one real story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just like I can't. It's hard to get out of that like academic mm-hmm. paper writing rut, kind of. Um, and then we we read one really interesting mm-hmm. feature yesterday, where they were. It was, I think she she used to be ESPN commentator something she used to do that yeah. but she it was on the Atlantic um, and she was writing a story about how like h- black high school athletes should go to historically black colleges and universities for for sports and like her take on it was um, like she, she, she mentioned this this one guy something Thibodeau mm-hmm. was this big uh, Big high school athlete, and he ended up going to Oregon. Yeah. And she's saying like these big like D one sports football schools have like if you look at their their numbers, their their overall diversity like how many black males go to that school represent a very small like two percent, two point five percent of the entire school's population. But then if you look at the athletics, yeah. black males make up fifty five percent of the athletics. You know, so. When you're, when you're looking at that, and she's there's obviously a discrepancy here, mm-hmm. so that these, I don't want to like oversimplify her because right, I, right, I, right. I thought her argument was really well crafted. Yeah. I, I, I see a lot of merit to it, um, but basically mm-hmm. she was saying like, you know, black talent um, was being put towards schools where essentially like we're run and we're making white people rich. Gotcha. So instead of doing that, they should go to colleges that are historically black and promote, you know, yeah. Hey, um, this is a good school. black success and stuff. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it like it made sense to me, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of like one of those things is like if you're a top high school athlete, yeah. getting offers from these like really really prestigious university yeah. programs, like that are, almost guarantee yeah professional it's, it's, it's career your professional yeah. career like it, it takes something more than just like just like oh that's that's a cool thing I want to mm-hmm. do it because like to go to one of these historically black mm-hmm. you know colleges or universities. Like it, it would mean going to somewhere yeah. with lesser facilities, yeah. somewhere with not quite as good a, a track record. But I, not I mean, it, in media. theory, yeah. you know, if if it if everyone, if it just made sense, more like top athletes started going to these schools, and like the money would start going over there. And mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, but it's it's kind of a. But it would be ten years down the road. Yeah, I mean, it would probably be even more than and that. And so, the first athlete yeah. to kind of break through might not yeah. get what 
he or she would have gotten had they gone to yeah bigger and then program we listened to so we read the story and then like because we did this and then there's a podcast about it from NPR yeah. okay um, where the NPR person was interviewing the author yeah um, and it was very it was really interesting they asked the question like because I guess like I think a lot of like like a conservative kickback to that saying like you know black people should go to historically yeah. black colleges yeah is is like they're they're calling her like segregationist mm-hmm. which I, I guess that like it it can be easy to see that point of view but then she also was yeah. like well the thing is about these schools these historically black colleges and universities they were never segregated yeah you know even when segregation was a thing yeah they weren't segregated yeah. you know like yeah it's it's not like <clears throat> The white people, you know, yeah. they, you know, it was like it, they could have gone there if they yeah. wanted to. They just um, chose not and, to. And there are white people that yeah. go to these colleges, like, yeah. right now. But anyways, I don't, yeah. I don't know a lot about that. But that was mm-hmm. not a pretty interesting thing. And like, I've heard lots of conversations recently about yeah. just like college athletes in general, mm-hmm. and, like whether or not they should get paid. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it, that's kind of like um, it's kind of like the argument with um, um, Confederate statues, right? Take them down, leave them up. Yeah. Like obviously there are people who want to leave them up because mm-hmm. they are racist, but then there are people who want to leave them up because they don't want to whitewash history. Yeah. Right? Like why don't we leave that statue there so all of us can remember at one point it was really bad, right? Yeah. And we fought a war because of racism. So yeah. we leave that there so we don't like sort of just like sweep it under the rug and pretend like, "Oh, that's the, you know, that's the uncle we never talk about." Yeah. Like, let's keep it out in the open yeah. and keep discussing it so there's always there to remind us that uh-huh. we have a really great potential, but we also have a really, really dark underside if we're not careful about it. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly where I land on arguments like that, but I think there's definitely uh, merit in hearing those cases and those voices. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, it's it's one thing to say, well, that was a, that came from a segregated area or error, so we shouldn't participate in it. But it also is like, yeah, but it, it we weren't segregated. Yeah. It happened. It's a school where lots of African Americans got educated and bettered themselves. So, yeah, why not keep going there and carry on that tradition? Yeah, yeah. that I mean that whole like the whole like statue thing, which is mm-hmm. we actually even covered um, in that same class. We talked about um, there's this mural in mm-hmm. UK. Mm-hmm. Um, that basically portrays, you know, black people as slaves. You know, yeah. it, was, it, it yeah. was commissioned in the early 1900s, and it's, it's like the perceived, City yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. That's like totally what it is. So it's perceived as pretty racist, mm-hmm. and the whole argument for against it is that when black students go in there, because it's like a, it's oh, it's in Memorial Hall, which is UK's mm-hmm. like figurehead yeah. building, yeah. Um, and then when the students have to go in there. Because they, they have classes in there, they have yeah. to, you know they're kind of confronted with it every time, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like a, a place thing. Because is that is that the right place? Mm-hmm. Like yes, it's a piece of history, but then also, um, do you want to leave it's, with if that? If it's making yeah, you, if it's making your students feel unsafe or uncomfortable, mm-hmm. is it worth just keeping up? Just be, mm-hmm. I don't know. And so there's arguments like that out there. Yeah, man, we ended up kind of <laughs> talking about politics. we got deep, <laughs> yeah. didn't we? Ah ha. So let's get undeep. <laughs> talk, talk about Netflix. <laughs> talk about Netflix and entertainment. Yeah. Uh, so what are your sources of entertainment, Clayton? What do you do for entertainment? Yeah. What do I do for entertainment? So I'd say 
when I'm sitting down at night and I'm like choosing what to do, there's like three things I'm gonna go to. So the first one is probably YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube, I've got a couple of people I'm subscribed to. Um, you know, content I like. So there's a handful of people mm-hmm. where they when they post, I'm gonna watch. And then that's just kind of because I, I really like their content, um, whether it be just like funny content, video game content, or like photography content. If it's there, I'm gonna watch it. You know, usually these videos are three to ten minutes. Um, and then Hulu would be the second one. Um, Hulu and then slash Netflix because. I mean, I don't pay for Netflix. <laughs> um, someone else does that. Thanks, Phil. Um. <laughs> oh, so you're the, I couldn't remember who that person was. Uh, well, I were mean, you I'm watching t- How the Grinch Stole Christmas the other night? I I watch on Dave and Abby's mm-hmm. you know profile. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that they don't use anymore. Oh, they don't use it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do. Well, anyways, but if I have a show going, yeah, I'll watch that. Um, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, it can be hard for me to like start watching. Because like I'll, I'll start watching a show or a movie and I'll be like, this isn't that interesting. And mm-hmm. I'll just like turn it off. And then the third one, I would say, as far as like video entertainment, so it, it's, so for our listeners, and for Phil, this might be a new one, uh, but it's called Twitch. Oh no, I know what Twitch is. Okay, so yeah. Twitch, for the, uh, the uninitiated here, is a live streaming uh, format geared towards people playing video games. So, what you know, ninety-five percent of this platform is for someone who can they can play video games, and then there can be their fans can watch them live. And so, I'll do that sometimes too. Um, it's a little bit you kind of almost have to be in like a, a different mood for that because it's mm-hmm. just like. You know, it's not as fast-paced, typically. Yeah. It's almost like a, I don't know, like have it on in the background kind of thing mm-hmm. sometimes. But that those are those are like the three main things, I would say. Yeah. Or where my entertainment comes from. Yeah. I, so mine is like, I guess it's kind of morphed a little bit. Um, I really, if I'm, if I'm going for entertainment, well, let me start by saying this. One of the most entertaining things I can do is to lay on my couch and stare at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I have a, uh, I think I have an overactive imagination. So you say that's the most entertaining It's one of the most entertaining things I can yeah, do is well, lay on the couch and stare at my ceiling. Good for you, Phil. But it's not like <laughs> I'm just staring into the abyss. It's like I've got all these things running around my brain and yeah. I can kind of like think at them and there's nothing to distract me. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool. That'd be a cool idea. Let's, let's think about that or work yeah. through that. Um, but I'm nerdy like that. Like, I really like, <laughs> I, I, I like a problem. Yeah. And I like to find a solution. Yeah. That's entertaining for me. But um, beyond that, like if we're just talking about like it's just I'm done, I'm going to chill out or whatever, yeah. it's probably going to be um, some form of streaming TV. Like uh, I, don't have, I don't have cable, and that's a conscious choice because I'm just like, why would I pay for something that I'm not going to... Use like most of it. Yeah. yeah. Use like the two channels you like. Yeah, yeah. I'll use two channels and then I'll still be like, man, I missed on. that episode, so I guess I got to go to Hulu and watch it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, cable's going the way of the dodo. Yeah, I think so. Like. I even, like, uh, at one point I tried to have it, what is it, um, Sling TV, where you kind of select your channels and stuff like that. Yeah. And I still was like, I'm just wasting my money. So it's really just like, 
um, Amazon and uh, Netflix. That's what I do. So that's generally how I consume entertainment. I mean, I guess part of my entertainment is too. Sometimes I'll just sort of like mindlessly drift through Instagram. But yeah. Instagram really annoys me. Yeah. Um, and we kind of might maybe talk about this last time, but just the I don't like to use it for entertainment because the Explorer page is it's like it's it's too excited. That's what I think. It's like oh oh. Oh, you clicked on a food video. Here's a whole bunch of them. Do you, you like it? Do you like it? And you're yeah. like, I don't want. I just thought that looked tasty. That's all I want. Oh, he clicked on a golf club. Here's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Ah, and so that's not entertaining anymore. That's more like, oh my god. Yeah, I don't. Why? I don't really like my explore feed because. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it's like you click on something. So, for people who don't have Instagram, or don't know about Instagram's Explore feed. Basically what it is, you get on it and then it's like just like a bunch of stuff. Like you can curate it from across yeah. Instagram. So so there's like random it's not people you've chosen to follow, it's basically just random things they pick for you to see. Um, and then like Phil said, when you when you look at things, it's like, oh they're interested in that, we're gonna give them that. So I think and also like so once you you see like a grid of of photos in front of you, you can click on them to look at them and then you can just start scrolling from there. And you're not scrolling through that grid, you're like scrolling through like your category. So let's say, let's just go to my explore feed right now. Let's see what it's on it. And so I'm, I'm about to explain my frustration with it though. Is that, well, it's actually looking, it's like right now, I see, here's like an Enneagram thing. Here's something about, what do you, what do you call it? What's that show called? The Good Place. Here's some kind of YouTuber thing. John Mulaney, Tumblr text post, Tumblr text post, Tumblr text post, Twitter. So basically though, what I think for a while, since I, like I, I would click on something and then scroll on it, just mindlessly scroll on it, it says like, oh, he really likes this. And then they start suggesting more of that. And I get more and more of that one type to eventually, like most of my feed is just that, that one type mm-hmm. of like Tumblr text post content. Yeah. And you're like, I don't, I don't. And then I'm like, I kind of want to see something else. And it's just like the same stuff. And then you spend a lot of time clicking, see less posts like this, see less yeah. posts like this. Yeah. And I got a, I got a lot of John Mulaney stuff mm-hmm. on here. I like John Mulaney though. Yeah. Mine's all food and golf now. And I don't, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh, why? And then the occasional in-game meme. Yeah. Yeah. But on a positive note, like my positive entertainment, like pretty much entertainment now for me is consumption is... Uh, Hannah and I have a show, and we will watch a couple episodes a night mm-hmm. of that show, whatever it is. Yeah. Currently, it's Designated Survivor, Designated which Survivor. was like first season. Ooh, this is kind of interesting. Second season, like, huh, is this the same show? <laughs> That's usually what they do. You pulled that move on us. Yeah. But finally, good show is always fun, and I think that's. I think that okay. So are we are we talking about like um, like the positive and negative effects? Yeah. Sure. Um. So I think that's like one of the redemptive <laughs> parts of how mm-hmm. we consume entertainment is um, I really like, obviously, so like there's qualities of shows, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have some shows that are kind of crappy um, and there's shows that are really good. Um, so I think when you find those really good shows, like it feels good, right, to mm-hmm. immerse yourself in that story and be part of that, you know, that narrative that they're telling and just like see the whole world in front of you and just kind of like want to be taken to where it's going next yeah like I yeah. think that's that's always fun yeah 
And then, <clears throat> it's kind of like a, it's almost like a treasure hunt though, right? Mm. Because like, it, it is like a bell curve. Most of the shows you'll watch, you'll be like, all right, this is all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, 10 episodes a season, six seasons. Yeah. I can do that. And you'll it's be okay. like, the fourth season was a little wonky, but they redeemed themselves in five and it yeah. ended strong. So that was a good show. Yeah. And, you know, on to the next one. But occasionally you will find that like gym and you're like, for so whatever fun. reason, I just really like this show right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of fun. Um, but I see, I think I consume stories so different, though. Like, I don't, I don't really ever experience that, like, I'm, I'm caught up in it or, like, I'm like, oh, this is, like, I want to be part of it. It's, it's, um, it's always more, like, for me, I'm always fascinated by, like, I wonder why the writers chose to do that yeah or i wonder what made the actor like express like why did they choose to express Mm -hmm. that emotion like that or something like that which is really i think that's part of it too is sometimes i'll be in a show that's like maybe the acting's not the best but the writing's really good or maybe the writing is all right but the acting's pretty good and Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like that's almost as fascinating to me as the story parts. Yeah, how it all works together. Yeah. Because, yeah, and that, that, that is a really interesting thing mm-hmm. to think about. Just like, because, like, you know, every single TV show had people working on it. And people of varying mm-hmm. degrees of, you know. Skill. And, and just, yeah. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Talent. Um, Search of the sea. Creativity. No. Um, com- competency. competency. Competency, yeah. Because, yeah. like. And like you said, like you could have some really good actors, yeah, um, really good producers, a bad director, or like you know, yeah. so, so, whatever it yeah. is, like yeah. some combination thereof, yeah, um, that just kind of like ruins it. Because I know I don't watch Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. but I know that everybody hated the last they, season. They hated the last <laughs> seasons, which to me clearly mm-hmm. was because it was the fault of the writers, yeah, right? Because George R. R. Martin, there's yeah. no books for those seasons, yeah. Yet. But the story had to continue because they've got a blockbuster, you know, television TV series show, going yeah, on. Yeah. <coughs> Not bringing back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the last time I was coughing <laughs> a lot, but um, so yeah, it's like clearly the show suffered for the writing because um, I, I remember when that was happening back in like May, people were just mad. <laughs> they were just yeah, upset. That was the internet. Um. And then, but then obviously you look at like the, f- the first five seasons, I think. Something like that. Where they did have a book and like it was really good and mm-hmm. people love the show. I mean, that's what, I mean, basically, I feel like Game of Thrones like kind of put HBO on the map. Well, it might have been The Sopranos, but that might be before your time. I know, I've heard that show. The Sopranos, so I never watched The Sopranos, but The Sopranos were kind of, are kind of credited with taking TV from the small screen where, hey, it's cool you're on a TV show, but you can't really tell stories with TV because it has to be formulaic to like this <coughs> grand endeavor of telling a giant story and kind of giving us TV that we have because it was HBO. They didn't have to worry about network censors and, you know, <coughs> high up execs saying, well, this isn't exactly what our population likes. They were like, you've got freedom, go make a show. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of, I think that's sort of been one of the reasons why Netflix both succeeds and fails is because they're kind of like, hey, go make a show. Yeah, well, that's really interesting um, because something that I've, I've recently, a little while ago, I watched a show called The OA. 
Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with this software? I am familiar with it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, so really, if you've seen the OA um, and you don't know, they canceled it after two seasons. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, um, I, I have such mixed feelings about the show now. Because basically, and like I've seen and like done some like you know reading articles and people's reactions, and basically there's there's been several shows that have had this kind of like cult or like sh whatever maybe not cult following mm -hmm. but like a strong fan base but maybe yeah. it's just not big enough yeah and so they canceled after two seasons yeah because like after two seasons is when they start living yeah profitability or whatever I don't yeah. know but that's like that's kind of how Netflix operates apparently yeah um, but the thing is with OA. Um, you haven't seen it it's it's just really like like it's a weird show like it's it really like gets into some higher themes and it, it deals with like these near-death experiences um i kind of like and it, it goes from like a, a like a weird premise for like the first season and then it just gets like like crazy in the second season and you're just like what is going on and then it has this like crazy ending, cliffhanger ending, and then they canceled it. And then <laughs> you're like, why? And then so you go through, and I thought it was a good show, but then I saw like their fans, like the hardcore fans of the show, and the way they reacted. Like it wasn't like there's people who are fans of shows and get upset when they get canceled, obviously. Mm -hmm. But these people are like. My world is over. Like it was like their religion got mm -hmm. canceled. Like they, like, like they truly believed like these things. Like it's like sure there were like yeah. some lessons, like good, valuable, like, like friendship kind of the power. But like, mm -hmm. I mean, we're dealing with like interdimensional travel and these, yeah. you know, like these kinds of things. They're yeah. like, it was, it was all true, <laughs> or whatever. Like you know, yeah. it's like you're just like no, you're crazy. Like and so, it's just man. I don't know where I was like going from that, but <laughs> like that that whole like OA thing is yeah. just kind of wild. So, um, if you're listening and you want to watch it, I don't know how, how to advise you <laughs> because you won't get an ending. <laughs> but you'll, it's also pretty interesting. You'll just be left with this sense of like, ah. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed what I watched, but it was like I was like, oh, that was pretty good. And then I heard they canceled. It. I was like, oh, that's kind of sucks. And then like I saw how like other people reacted, yeah. and I was like. They must have watched it way differently than I watched it because <laughs> I am not there. Yeah, but I, but I think that is weird. Like there there is something about TV and movies that will like they they sort of form that own their own subculture. Yeah, and like little cliques will form around them, and you identify. Yeah, isn't that yourself weird? with a show? It's 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 like this. Like you're a person who watches X show. Yeah, like, yeah. and you're a person that watches X show, and we are united and because then of we that. We have a common shared yeah. experience. Yeah, so it's like I'm a I'm a Doctor Who fan, right? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> speaking of, of Doctor Who and dad jokes, <laughs> do you know where I'm going with this? No. <laughs> If Watson isn't the most famous doctor in the world, then who is? Doctor Who? Yeah, get it? Watson, Dr. Watson, Sherlock Holmes. What about it? If he's not the... Oh, then who is? Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I wish you could have watched Clayton's face. Hit me like a... Process through Hit me that. like a sack of bricks there. Oh, man. Oh. Who is? But well, to, it's not... He's, his name isn't who. I know, I know. Phil. Well, unless you go to Classic Who, and then he calls himself Doctor Who. Yeah. 
It's, so it's a little bit of a mix. It's to say, who was that? There. And they say, yeah. the doctor. And they yeah. say, well, Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Who. Except he I'm will say, I am Doctor Who. I am. Yeah. Well. Or and even even <clears throat> like in New Who, Peter Capaldi was like, yeah, I, I play Doctor Who. Well, that's the, the actor saying that. I know, I know. Not anyway. the character. It's but no. Where I was going with that is that is like a it's a weird fandom. Uh-huh. It's a weird. Hey, if you're a Doctor Who fan, I'm not calling you weird. I'm just saying it's a unique group of people who unite around that show, cosplay with that show, yeah. create things, get all involved in it. I like it. I like it. It's it's entertaining. It's fun. Yeah. It's whimsical. But I'm not going out and uh, you know getting my swoopy Matt Smith hair and. I guess I guess you could say we're like painting super, my room like a TARDIS. Super fans of the Bible. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we meet the whole whole group of people every Sunday <laughs> just to talk about it. <laughs> we're a big book club, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind of true. I mean, if maybe even if I, if I could grow a beard, I might grow like a beard of biblical proportions. Yeah, I can't yeah. grow a beard either. Yeah, it's that's sad. Maybe it'll happen when I'm 40. Yeah. People are crazy about what they like. Yeah. But also something I've learned mm-hmm. is there's a certain level of, you just kind of kind of let people like what they like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Like, and like I, I've thought about this more like, a, like along the veins of music, mm-hmm. but kind of transfers like, just because I think X show is obnoxious and mm-hmm. the fans of that show are obnoxious. Like, yeah. it's just... If they're just on the internet, just like let them. Yeah, let them. Let, let them, have let their them space. be on the internet. Let them just let them do their thing. Let them geek out. Them? You know. Yeah. So, I think. It, but I, so I think though that that speaks to something inherently human, which is that desire to be a part of something bigger than you. Yeah. And that's what that, like that's what TV shows are. Like even TV shows that are grounded in reality are not reality and they sort of have this ability to be something bigger than us and I think that's why something particularly in like a sci-fi genre can people can kind of it becomes their religion because it is something bigger than them they they have a longing for something more yeah and they they find it there yeah so I think that's uh, it's just interesting how we choose to do that or like video games we do the same thing with that. Yeah. Well, you know, music. Yeah. I mean, gosh, like how many how many subgroups are formed around a specific genre or subgenre, and that's like my tribe or people yeah. who listen to this kind yeah. of music. And if you don't, then you're not. You know, it's like yeah. we're almost going to go to war. It's it's weird how entertainment um, does that, which is almost like I wonder why entertainment does that. Why is entertainment? Yeah. It it like gives us something mm-hmm. for us to, to to consume, right? Yeah. Um, and then we can, and then we get to take part in it. So like whatever yeah. it is, entertainment as a movie, yeah. Entertainment as a TV show, entertainment as a video game, entertainment as music. Um, you're getting to take part in something, right? And then and then like you said, like you're. When you like that and someone else likes that, you have a common experience, shared experience, and that that unites us. Mm-hmm. So when when there's something we're passionate and like something, it's like I mean the reason we watch entertainment, mm-hmm. the reason we consume something, 
is because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it like we watch sports because yeah. you know we're we're excited about it. We want to see the outcome. Like there's conflict, and we want to see it resolved. And we're like we're rooting for our team. Um, so like we're we're investing a part of ourselves into this entertainment to some extent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when we do that, like so, it's almost like <laughs> this might might sound weird, but like I mean. There's a certain level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> kind of sound weird to say that. No, no, no. That's where I, I was like, I think this is where it's going. It's working um, towards this sort of intimate experience. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you're experiencing it, like, or it's a book or whatever. You know, like you're you're spending time with this whatever it is, this medium, and then like, so it's 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 taking up X amount of your life, and then you allow it to come in, and so like that, it's like it's part of becomes so much of your identity depending on how much you're like really investing into it and then you know because of that we 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 invest in the people who are also like that because i mean who doesn't want to be wholly known Mm -hmm. and wholly loved yeah and then which kind of like i mean i guess we're totally getting away from just like a tv show (laughs) yeah but i mean i i guess that's that like like you said that that's kind of like where like the like if we're bringing it back to like just mm-hmm. the human part of it, yeah. why we rea- respond to entertainment like yeah. that, I think that's why. Is because ultimately, take away everything else, and we're just I'm just thinking about me, uh, and I, like I, I like I, I crave to be known and to, mm-hmm. and to be loved mm-hmm. for for everything I am, mm-hmm. and then entertainment. <laughs> I feel like we're almost like making too big of a deal about this, right? But like in a sense, that's that's like that's yeah. that's in a small way. That's yeah. kind of what entertainment. Is, is fulfilling in us. Yeah. Does that connection make sense to you? Phil? No, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think, uh, but I, I think I would frame it like this. I don't think entertainment's meant to do that. I just think we do that with entertainment. So what do you, what do you think? Because it's easy. Yeah. That's the thing. It's harder to be known and be loved by a human being mm-hmm. than it is to sort of like simulate that by being inside of a TV show. Yeah. Or, and living vicariously through characters who appear to be known and, and loved, yeah. or by entering into a subgroup of people where you have that sort of shared thing, but you don't have to. Um, <clears throat> you never get beyond yeah. the community of the the show or the band or whatever. Yeah. So I think like I, I think it's that it, it is that sort of deep desire to be connected to something bigger than us. We just misplace it. I mean, I don't think it's wrong. No, no, no. I think you. I think entertainment's fine. Like, yeah. like yeah, entertainment's hundred percent fine. I think you would. I would say it's a gift from God that we have entertainment and we yeah. have a sense of humor and there's we things have, like yeah, that. creativity and abilities. Yeah, to, to create things yeah. that other people can experience and enjoy. Yeah, because I mean, a lot and, of entertainment is yeah. reflective of yeah the, the creators. Like you yeah, know, yeah, and themselves. so on that level, I think. It, it is appropriate that if I if I create something, we make this podcast, mm-hmm. and someone listens to that podcast. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. You're being entertained right now. Hopefully, you're being entertained. <laughs> Someone's sleeping. All right. <laughs> um, this is what I listen to to fall asleep. <laughs> Yikes! Um, but but if you think about it, like this is entertainment, and and we created, and so people can listen to it, and in a certain sense, they get to experience part of us because we're putting part of ourselves out there mm-hmm. but they don't have to put their selves out 
Yeah. It's like one-sided. Without the risk. Without the risk. I don't have to risk exposing myself. I can just participate in someone else exposing themselves. Yeah. Whether that's, I, I mean, I, I guess you could argue whether acting is art or if it's craft, but you know what I'm saying? Like whenever someone creates something uh -huh. artistic or, or yeah. is good at their craft, they're putting themselves out there. Mm. Yeah. But you don't have to put yourself out there to participate. You just have to pay the twelve ninety nine a month or whatever it is so you can stream it. Yeah. I mean that that idea really I kinda like maybe calls back a little bit to last week with yeah. like social media or not yeah. last week, but last episode and social media and like also like YouTube culture. Because like so many like cause YouTubers is you know, so many people like so many kids want to be a YouTuber because they get on YouTube and they see people who are just living their life mm -hmm. and they make a living off of it. Yeah. And so, and that's what's happening, right? Is that these YouTubers are kind of like everything in their life is like being exposed. Mm -hmm. And then people in like, isn't that, I mean, cause that, that's like a huge category. Yeah. It's just like, like vlogging. You yeah. Know? Just this is my daily life. This is what's going on. And like yeah. people, and there's this one guy I watched, David Dobrik. And he has these four-minute videos every single week. Um, and it's just, like, him and his friends just doing, like, the craziest stuff. You know, they live in L.A. and have a ton of money, no responsibilities. And they just, like, and you, know, you watch it, it's funny. And you're like, mm -hmm. well, dang, I kind of want to do that, too. Yeah. Really, but, like. How do I become that guy? They, they it's weird. Because mm -hmm. you get to know these people, mm -hmm. almost. But You get to know them. Yeah. They don't get to know you. Yeah, because there's millions of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then he, man, it's, it's weird. That kind of like fandom stardom mm -hmm. that people achieve. And it's just like so many people know who I am, but I don't know any of them. Mm -hmm. That's got to be a weird place to be for a person. I think so. I think that's probably why it's difficult for people to be famous. Yeah. Be probably partly because of that. Um, you're known by so many but you don't know them, so it's like a one-sided mm -hmm. relationship, but also just the fact that like a million people know who you are. Yeah. That would be kind of a weird thought to be like, yeah. oh yeah, a million people know who I am. That's, you know, whatever. I mean, t even to a lesser extent, like I would say, you know everyone in the church. Yeah. But like, I mean, and like you're not up there every Sunday, but yeah. like the people who are up there every Sunday, like, you know, Whoever's preaching, we get to yeah. hear from them for an yeah. hour. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I guess well, it's totally different. But, but it's <clears throat> it, it is no, it is a it is a thing that you you kind of talk about. I mean, I, I talked about it in my it was talked about in my education. So I'm not saying it's talking about every education. But that's one of the things they talk about is um, when you are a visible person, mm -hmm. there is a it, it will be that people will know you. Yeah. And you might not necessarily know them. Right, you might know their name, you might know their face, but they'll have a better sense of who you are because you're sharing yeah. more frequently from a platform than they are. And so, you know, depending on the size of the church and all that stuff, that can change. But yeah, there is a little bit of that where um, uh, anyone doing that, the same thing happens with a professor or a teacher. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. they're constantly sharing, and mm -hmm. so you kind of get a sense of like who they are, but they yeah. might not have a real sense of who you are. I wonder if that's why. Um, a little self reflection here. I wonder okay. if that's like why when I when I'm in class, like I feel the need to be like really vocal, and, mm -hmm. like really contribute, because I also want you, you know you want the limelight. You want to be yeah. I want to be, be known. Yeah. yeah, I want yeah. And that's that's something I've I've definitely run into is mm -hmm. that um, I'll have classmates who who will, who will know me and know me by name. Yeah, 
and I all have been in class with them, and I might recognize them, but I just I just don't know mm-hmm. them at all because yeah, like, I would I would talk in yeah. the class and I would be you know vocal yeah, and people would just know me because I would just always yeah. you know be the one who talks yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, well I, and there might be some of that. There's also just you know um, foreshadowing future things. Being an extrovert plays yeah. into that too. Yeah, like, of course. You're just going to be like, yeah, why not talk? Yeah. Why not express these opinions? Why not jump out there? And someone who's an introvert would be like, well, I'd like to think about it first. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just kind of going back to that whole entertainment thing, that really kind of brings up the whole topic of how do you s- establish boundaries? Like if there is the possibility for me to enter into whatever form of entertainment it is in an unhealthy, this is how I'm fulfilling deep desires for connection and community, yeah. then I think if we want to live a good life, we have to set boundaries so that we don't. Yeah. Like, how do we prevent entertainment from becoming our intimate relationship and actually having intimate relationships with other people? Yeah. Real life, flesh and blood in our lives. Yeah. Well, I think I definitely have a lot of trouble setting boundaries sometimes mm-hmm. because I think it's easy... Like it's really easy for me. I think, especially, especially when I'm like struggling, mm-hmm. like with whatever it is, and mm-hmm. I kind of don't want to, like, just kind of like watching YouTube for yeah. three and a half hours, four hours before I go to bed mm-hmm. is an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. right? I can just do that, go to sleep, wake up, go on my day. Um, so it's almost like that can be just a, that can be a no think, mm-hmm. a no like a no thought it like just brain suck time suck mm-hmm. until I want to fall asleep mm-hmm. and so it's like it's easy you know mm-hmm. so and I think the challenge comes is is recognizing I'm spending way too much time yeah on these apps yeah I'm spending way too much time on my screen mm-hmm. and just saying even when it's not easy I have to like mm-hmm. d- I have to like, choose to do something else mm-hmm. right because yeah. like for me and, like, even sometimes it's just, like, getting work done. Yeah. Like, I just procrastinate work a lot. And that's, you know, what happens. <laughs> I'm senior artist. We talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I definitely think, like, when we don't have those those boundaries. And, like, for some people, like, I know there's, there's plenty of people out there who just, like, this just really isn't an issue. Because, mm-hmm. like, you just, like, you watch an hour or something or you watch half hour or something. You're just good. And you move on. You mm-hmm. go do something else. And, like, you know, like, good for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think for people like me and there's like I know there's I have a lot of people a lot of friends who kind of like it's just so easy right you gotta you you got like a plays the next like a like a Tuesday night yeah and you're you're done at like 930 yeah and like you're not gonna be sleepy until 12 and you might have one thing you need to do but like so it's like like are you gonna make the effort to to get done what you need to get done and then like maybe spend your time constructively somewhere else or like try to hang out with friends or you're gonna try to or are you just gonna like veg out mm-hmm. and then or you know whatever so yeah what do you, what do you think Phil yeah I think <clears throat> I think this kind of calls back to an season one episode of, of it's just that that discipline in two areas it's discipline in maintaining actual human relationships mm. so that you don't have the time to binge watch TV all the time. Yeah. 
right? And that also predicates that your relationships aren't built around we binge watch TV all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but just having like those, and I'm not like as an introvert whose idea of an active social life is probably much different than an extrovert's idea of an active social life is um, it's just making sure that I, I say yes to enough things that get me out of well, I didn't have anything to do, so I was just sitting on the couch. You know, what, it's, like you said, it's nine thirty at night. What am I gonna do? Yeah. Oh well, I could have said at seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll go. Let's go out to dinner. Let's go do this. Let's go whatever, and yeah. interact with people as opposed to just be like, well, I'm just here now. Yeah. Um, and for me, as someone who's married, it's like maybe we, uh, you know, we don't watch that extra episode and we just converse yeah. and talk, or, um, you know. Uh, you go out to dinner and you're like, I gotta put the phone down so I'm not just mindlessly scrolling through Instagram while I'm sitting across the table from you, supposed to be communicating with a human. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of it is just discipline in making sure that you're active with um, the content or w- with other people, but also monitoring like how you consume the content. Yeah. Like being mindful of that. Like I got that little reminder every Sunday that comes up and tells me how many hours I was on my phone. <laughs> And it's like I'm always trying to get less percent than I was the week before, yeah. which is kind of sad because, like, uh, well, it's not sad. It's just frustrating. You have, like, three weeks in a row where you're, like, 10% less than last week, 15% less than last week. So you're down to, like, an almost impossible number. Like, how in the world did I get it that low? And then you'll have, like, a normal week, and it'll be, like, up 67%. And you're, <laughs> like, I mean, it's really not up that high, but it just feels like, ah. Yeah, it just feels like you yeah, did just, way more. Yeah. yeah, than I did, but. Yeah, it's just kind of being mindful, having those things up there. Um, I'm kind of conviction I don't want in my life every Sunday. Yeah, I'm already going to church. Come on, <laughs> but but it and it's just also like I think it's developing that ability to not have your curiosity satisfied by the cliffhanger ending. That's a, and yeah. the the hopefully the fulfillment is going to yeah. start. And I, and I think to to some level it also speaks to just our, our desire just not to. We, like we don't like okay, I definitely sometimes I'm thinking like I'll walk home, and it's like a 15 minute walk from mm-hmm. you know this building to to my to my house, and I'm like, that's a long time to not be doing anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And it's just like, you know, it's, at some at some level, it's just like we don't want to not be have our brains engaged with something. So yeah, you know, it's just like. We got we to gotta be okay with being bored yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, it, it is true. A lot of it is learning to be okay with just being by yourself yeah. and present with your own thoughts, which sometimes can be scary. I get that. Like, what am I doing with my time? I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm, what am I supposed to do? I don't yeah. know. Think about all the things that are running through your head or learn to not think. That's a skill. Like... To really be able to just sort of sit in peace mm-hmm. for five, ten, twenty minutes, whatever it is, like if you can do that, you will have a peaceful life. Yeah. Because you can just sort of create that space where I don't need to be entertained. I don't need to think about this or anything. But I can just be here mm. in this moment, fully engaged with what's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think boundary-wise, like entertainment in the good life is to remember entertainment is a good gift. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's great that I can go home and watch a couple episodes of TV with my wife. That's a great thing. That's a gift. The problem comes when it goes beyond a gift and it becomes a source of 
intimacy or yeah. I start looking to that to fulfill other needs beyond, oh, hey, this is great. I can be entertained. I can laugh. I can be sad. I can be happy. I can get a little scared. Whatever it is that yeah. you know, I'm looking to for the show or the, or the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Feel that. Executing, that's probably a whole different thing. Yeah. Refer to our discipline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe, whatever, I don't know. Whatever that one was. <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, entertainment plays a pretty big role in our life. Yeah. I think especially now, more so with just the accessibility of everything. Yeah, because I can just carry it with me all the time. It's on our phone. phones, people. All the time. This this darn technology, these mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> well. Uh, that was a good conversation, Clayton. Great conversation, Yeah. Phil. I don't know, it was almost an hour long, wasn't it? Almost. I kind of thought this was going to be like a 20-minute podcast. Yeah. And then we started talking. You know how it goes. Well, guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for bearing with us. Yeah. We, uh, hopefully it wasn't terrible. <laughs> um, hopefully it was entertaining. Hopefully we entertained you. In an appropriate and healthy way. In a, in a constructive manner. Yeah. Podcasts are typically constructive. I think so. But Hope so. All right. Um... Next week, we might be doing Enneagrams. Enneagrams and the Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs and all that good stuff. stuff. We'll yeah. be talking about it. And when I say next week, I just mean the next episode. I don't know if we're going to record next week or not. Who knows what's going to happen next Nobody week. Nobody knows. <laughs> all right. Catch you guys later. See ya. Bye. Hey guys, Phil here again. I just want to say thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you like it, if it's helpful for you at all, please rate it, like it, um, share it with your friends and your family. Let, let people know about it. That's, uh, it's encouraging to us. Also, we'd love to hear your feedback, so get in contact with us. Get in contact with us. Just do it! And let us know what you think. Thanks again so much for listening. <laughs>